You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Psalm 124, I'm excited about this psalm. It's such a good one. All of them are good ones, but this is a very encouraging psalm. And I'm praying that God will help us tonight as I preach through it. And we'll go through the verses of this psalm and see what God has for us. Now remember, these psalms are songs that were sung by those making pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And these Israelites would make that pilgrimage to Jerusalem at least three times a year. There were three feasts that they would attend. As they would attend, they did not have the entertainment that we would have today with the radio or a DVD player in a vehicle. And they would travel in a congregation. And those weary pilgrims, as they traveled to the presence of God, would sing these songs. They're songs of deliverance. They're songs about God's faithfulness. They're songs that glorify and magnify the Lord. And what it is, is a metaphor for our life. You and I, as we pilgrimage through this world, we are not at home here. We are headed to a better country. And one of these days, we'll awaken his likeness and bask in his unadulterated presence. But until then, we have a song that we're singing on the way. And we can sing about God's goodness and God's deliverance and God's faithfulness. And I like it. They're songs of ascent. They go higher and higher and higher. And that's how the spiritual life ought to be if it's healthy. It is not regression or digression. It ought to be progression, higher ground with God every single day that we live in this life. Look with me here at Psalm 124. And this is a psalm that is accredited to David. And so maybe it was written on the occasion of David's victory over the Philistines. I don't know. And neither do the commentators, though they made a lot of money on the book. Uh, they are all in disagreement. I don't know. It could have been when David's armies defeated Absalom and David was able to come back and take the throne. I don't know. All I know is it's a time of deliverance where God fought the battle and he won the victory on behalf of his people. And by the way, God's not out of business. God still does that today. Psalm 124, look at it with me. Here's what the Bible said. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. I like that. He didn't just get us out. He broke the snare. And we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. There's something about an introductory statement to a sermon that is so important. I tried to tell the young men that when I talked to him in church, Ed, you have about 10 seconds for people to make up their mind if they're going to listen to the next 20 minutes or not. This psalm has a great introductory statement. This man comes right out of the gate, David, if it is, who wrote it. And he says, if it had not been the Lord, and he gets so excited about the fact that it was the Lord that he says it again in verse 2, if it had not been the Lord. He said, I want you to stop and think just a minute on a horrible hypothetical. What if God had not been for us? 
How different would the story go if God had not been on our side? I don't know if you and I honestly grasp this all the time. I'm sure we do from time to time. It's not that we are less able without God. It is that we are totally unable without God. It is not that we would be less victorious without God. It is that we would be totally defeated and with no victory without God. I'm glad I can tell a good story tonight. For a little while, I want us to think on this thought. It could have been a very different story. It could have been a very different story. Let's pray. God, I pray for your help tonight. Encourage us, please, through your word. Thank you for the Bible. And I pray that you'll speak to us now clearly and personally. Help every individual tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Israel's story is a story of battles already won for them. Israel's story is a story of ways that were already made. Israel's story is a story of walls that were already knocked down. Israel's story is a story of paths that were already carved out for them. You see, how are the battles already won and the ways made and the walls knocked down? Because the Lord was on their side. You study it out. Israel was the desire of God's heart, the apple of his eye, and the object of his devotion. The Red Sea didn't part on its own. God did that. David didn't kill Goliath on his own. God did that. Joshua did not knock down the walls of Jericho. God did that. Esther was not working alone in the salvation of her people. Listen now. God did that. Psalm 124 is a song where pilgrims are marching to Zion. And as they go, they reflect, they realize, and they rejoice. They reflect back on their life and all of the dangers that they faced throughout their history. They stopped and realized it was God that provided for them and protected them in those seasons of danger. And then that caused them to rejoice in the fact that they were on the Lord's side and thank God the Lord was on their side. This psalm is really a testimony of thanksgiving. It's a song about God's providential protection. These pilgrims are singing because the Lord is on their side. I thought about Israel. Israel could sing the song and say, Jehovah is our deity. They could sing the song and say, Jehovah is our defender. And they could sing the song and say, Jehovah is our deliverer. When they would step back and tell the story that is their story, they could rejoice and say, our story is a good story. They could look back in their history, and from the opening chapter of Israel's history, they were able to tell a good story. They had seen the hand of God redeem them. They had witnessed as God provided for them. They had watched as God had conquered their enemies. They could have told a very different story, but because the Lord had been good in their life, they could tell a good story. I was thinking about the song that Fanny Crosby penned in 1873. The song title is Blessed Assurance. And the song talks about the joy that is the Christians because we know that we are Christ and Christ is ours. But she gets to that climactic point in the song and she writes out and we sing it, this is my story and this is my song. But tonight I'm glad that I can tell a good story. I'm glad tonight that my story is a story of grace. I'm glad my story is a story of mercy. I'm glad my story is a story of salvation. And because the Lord is on my side, it's a story of victory. 
Tonight, I did not come to sing you a sad song, and I don't have a tragic story to tell, but I can sing like the uh, songwriter, oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful shall my song ever be. And like the song I can say, if it had not been the Lord who is on my side, I'm glad he's on my side tonight. And I can tell you, I got a good story to tell. Tonight, I can stand here and say that I am not one bit fearful of eternal hellfire because the Lord has been on my side. But it could have been a different story. Tonight, I can stand and say that I've got a mansion waiting for me on streets of pure gold because the Lord is on my side. But it could have been a different story. Tonight, I'm glad I can testify that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. There is no erasure that can remove it, and the devil has no chance to blot it out. But it could have been a different story if the Lord had not been on my side. I'm glad I can tell the story tonight that every need has been provided. All of my wants have been given. That God has provided every step of my life. Why? The Lord is on my side. But it could have been a very different story. I'm glad tonight I can testify and say I know what it is to have a prayer answered because the Lord has been on my side. I know what it is to have comfort in the seasons of discomfort. Why? The Lord has been on my side. I know what it is in a day of hopelessness to have an anchor steadfast and sure, a hope that is set in my God. Why? Because the Lord has been on my side. I've got a good story to tell tonight because of the Lord and what he's done. He is on my side. I thought about that phrase. He voluntarily identified with me. But you stop and think about this. It could have been a very different story. That word if causes us to consider an alternate reality. Verse 1 and 2, he says the phrase twice. He begins the psalm, if it had not been the Lord who is on our side. And then verse number 2, he says it again, to direct the praise of God's people back in his direction. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, he said, I want you to stop and consider because this is going to kindle the fire of worship in your heart. Would you consider, it's hard to fathom, the horrible hypothetical, if God had not been for us? Do you understand how horribly cast down we would be tonight? If God had not been for us, do you understand how much victory we would have missed out on and how much defeat would have been realized had God not been for us? Our story tonight is a good story, but it would have been a far different story had the Lord not been on our side. I mean, all the way back from Genesis, Adam can tell a good story, but it would have been a different story if the Lord hadn't been on his side. What if God had not come to Adam in the garden and provided him with a means to cover his sin. Noah's story could have been a different story. He could have ended drunk in a mess in that generation had God not shown him grace and provided him a way of escape in that hour. I think about Abraham. His story would have been a different story had God not spoken to him in a pagan place wrapped in idolatry and called him out to look 
for a city whose builder and maker is God. I think about the story of a Jacob and an Isaac or a David. How different the tale would be. I think about that woman in Samaria who went to a well at a weird hour of the day. How different would her story be had the Lord not been on her side? I think about that palsied man whose friends let him down through the roof of the house. How different would his life be had the Lord not been on his side? How different would the graveyard in Bethany had been had Lazarus been laying in that tomb and Jesus didn't pass by? You better believe he was glad that the Lord was on his side. And tonight, let us not forget, it directs our praise the right direction when we understand it is not us, it is God. And this evening we are sitting in a padded pew on a Wednesday night knowing who God is, saved by grace divine. Why? Because the Lord showed mercy on us. The Lord showed compassion on us. The Lord loved on us. And the Lord was on our side. I wonder how many battles would have been lost. How many scars of sin still there. How many sleepless nights and guilt and shame compounded. How much fear and doubt and defeat if the Lord was not on our side. What if the Lord just marked one iniquity? What if the Lord let the condemnation that is yours remain on you? What if the wrath of God still yet abided? What if God kept record and would not blot it out? What if God turned a deaf ear in your time of need and God clenched his fist when you needed him to pour out? What if God decided not to manifest his presence and provide you with his peace? Can I say our story could have been a very different story, but I'm glad I don't have to tell that story tonight. I'm glad I can tell the other story and testify throughout my life. I can say God has been good and God has showed himself to be God and God has been real and rich in my life. And like Paul, I can say I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm a such worse some of you. There was a day I was lost and undone without God. I was wrapped up in my sin. I was sinking to rise no more. I deserve to be in hell with my back broke. But the Lord was on my side. Thank God when I wasn't looking for him and when I was transgressing his word. I'm glad he loved me still and he walked out on the tempestuous sea of this world and he lived a sinless life and died the sinner's death. And when he said Father forgive them. He had me on his mind and you as well and what no one else could do. I'm glad Jesus did it for me. This is my story. This is my song. I can praise him all the day long. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I'm here tonight saved, but it could have been a different story. I'm in my right mind, but it could have been a different story. I'm here not on dope, or alcohol, but it could have been a different story. I'm here, and I don't have to report to a parole officer. I'll text my mom later, but that's the closest thing I get. It could have been a different story. I'm here this evening, and I've got a, I've got, I've got a family. I've got a, a, a child who's learning the Bible tonight. It could have been a different story. I'm in America tonight, the best country on the face of the planet, still yet a free nation. I can preach the Bible without any fear or needing favor from the government. Hey, it could be a different story. What I'm saying tonight is if God's people could rejoice back then, you and I probably could rejoice tonight because just as good as God had been for them, God has been just that good and more to you and I. Just as much mercy, just as much grace, just as much love. And I know it's a summer Wednesday and you might be here, but 
vacationing in your mind, but I still want to report to you from heaven, God is on his throne and God loves you tonight and God has done for us what no one else could do and I'm glad he's on our side. Let me give you, let's get to the text. I want to look at it from the bottom back to the front just because that makes zero sense and I want to do that to keep your attention. Ready? Start with me at verse 8. First, I want us to see our help tonight. Look what it says. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, that is the summation of the thing. But I like that for us, for our purpose tonight. Let's start at the back and work our way to the top. He tells us where our help is. All throughout this text, we will see, he mentions the different hazards that we face in life, but he ends it with our help. He reminds God's people where our assistance comes from, where our aid comes from, where our support comes from. He said, you do not have to look low for your help. Your help is in the Lord. Now, there's several things to notice. First, he said, in the Lord. You see what it says there? Our help is in the name of the Lord. It speaks of his authority. When you can just mention someone's name and it can bring you the help you need, it means there's some power behind the name. If you can just name drop and doors open or name drop and buttons are pushed or name drop and people are moving and name drop and a seat is provided, that means there is power behind the name. And he said, child of God, remember, with all of the hazards and all of the hell that we fight in this life, we have help that is higher than all of that. Our help is in the name of the Lord. It's an authoritative name. You just mentioned the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. Our help is in the name of the Lord who created the heaven and the earth. That speaks of his ability. Almost, almost in all of these psalms, they reference creation. Maybe that is why there has been such a historic attack on creation. It's the undermining of God's deity, God's power, and God's existence. But for the Christian, one of our largest, one of the most valuable sources of encouragement for us is the fact that we understand that we did not come from some big bang or big boom or big blunder, some big galactic catastrophic mistake, but we came from a big deity who in the beginning breathed everything that is out of nothing and then it existed. We understand that it wasn't, it wasn't some big astro, astronomical uh, you know, catastrophe out there eons ago, but it was God who went, and then everything came into being just as God designed it. And the reason that's under attack is if they can get throughout creation, they can throw out Calvary. But I'm glad tonight I know in the beginning it was God that created. And he said, here's your help tonight. Your help is in the name of the Lord. That's a powerful name. There's no name like that name. Demons are cast out at that name. The dead have rised up and walked because of that name. But also he's the God with the ability to create everything that is out of nothing. He did not need created. He is the creator. He upholds it. He sustains it. He fills it all in all. He's the consistency of all existence. He knows every grain of stardust, every hair on your head, every sparrow in the tree. And tonight when you're overwhelmed and feel like you're overcome, remember God created it all. He controls it all and he's king over it all and your help is in the Lord. Oh my, that's why Paul said we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. In 2 Timothy 3.11, he gives a rap sheet of horrible things. 
It's like when a young man says, I think I want to go in the ministry. Sure, here you go. Here's, here, here's what to expect. That'd be encouraging. All the things Paul went through in Second Timothy, but here's what he said. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. He's my Savior. Thank God for that. And he delivered me from condemnation. But I'm glad he can also deliver from crisis in life. Our help is in the Lord. Tonight, that encourages you to remember your help is not in any kind of man-made entity. No business, no government official, no place made of brick and mortar. Your help is in the Lord. Men will fail you. Government has never done anything but fail. Say amen right there. But God has a perfect record. And tonight your help is in the Lord. All right, number one, your help. But then he talks about the hazards of life. Look with me in verse 3 down through verse number 7. See what it says? He begins to talk about the trouble that they experienced. Then he says, look what they said. Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had, gone, had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters. It's amazing how pride, such a negative connotation of that here. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a, look what it says, a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped, and here's another, as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken, and we are escaped. Now, if you study this, it reveals to us these different hazards that the pilgrim faces. It talks about the size of the enemy, the strength of the enemy, the savagery of the enemy, the subtleness of the enemy. He uses illustrations like fire and a ferocious animal, a flood that would overwhelm. He's talking about being feasted on and grinded in teeth and caught in a snare. And what he's doing is he's using all of this figurative language to describe the emotional state of a person that finds themselves under attack from an adversary. Now, I've preached on this before. You've heard everyone preach on this. In this world, you'll have tribulation. We are in a spiritual battle. Every day we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is nothing new to you. That is not some new revelation. We understand that. But I want you to see the severity of these hazards. First, he said, we would be swallowed up by these hazards. See what it said in verse 3? Then they had swallowed us up quick. When I think about that phrase swallowed, it makes me think of a ravenous beast consuming its prey whole. So what I see in my mind is a beast that is hunting, that is prowling, that is walking about seeking, who had made devour. And when David is writing this, whether it be the Philistines or Absalom's forces or whenever it was, he said, it, li it looks like and it feels like I'm being stalked by this ravenous beast that is looking to swallow me up whole. Do you understand? You and I every day have an adversary, the devil, and the Bible describes him the same way. He is like a roaring lion and his belly is growling as loud as his mouth. And he's walking around looking to destroy my life and your life as well. That's why Paul said lest I should be a castaway. He wants to make shipwreck of our life. You understand how helpless we are against him. Swallowed up, but then look what it says, sunk beneath. See what it says? Look with me down further. It said, then the waters, verse number four, had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. The proud waters had gone over our soul. That language speaks of a torrent or a flood. If you study the Old Testament and Jeremiah, different places, a flood is used to picture judgment or tribulation. 
You ever seen a flood? A few years ago in, uh, in West Virginia, really where we live, there was one of those floods, they called a hundred year flood. And it just wiped everything out. In West Virginia, it's all hills, and then they call them hollers, hollers, really. But anyway, they go down through there, and everybody lives down there. But whenever those creeks rise up, it just fills that ravine, and everything gets washed out. And you see a flood. A flood is a devastating thing. A flood is no respecter of persons. It destroys everything in its pathway. It uproots. That's why Christ was talking about building your house on the right kind of foundation because if you don't, that it'll shift when the rain falls. He's talking about the hazards of life sometimes sweep over your soul like a flood. It's like great tribulation, large volume. It's devastating, unpredictable, and unruly. And he said, this is the kind of things that I'm facing, being swallowed up and sunk beneath. And then he said, snared within. Look at this down in your Bible. In verse number seven, our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. You know what a snare is? A hidden trap. He's talking about the things that we face in life, hazards we face. It's a hidden trap that is placed with purpose and ill intent. It is placed by cunning craftiness by someone who knows what that prey is enticed to go after. He said, our life is lived like a little bird that doesn't have enough sense to keep itself out of a snare. Now, some snares, I, I was reading different commentaries, and some snares, will, they'll put something in it that looks tasty, something that the animal wants. And then some snares, they'll cover up and hide like a pit, and you don't even see it in your pathway. But whatever it is, what a snare does is it binds you. It imprisons you. It makes a slave out of you. And what he's saying is the kind of hazards we're dealing with are the kind of hazards like a beast that wants to swallow me up, like a flood that wants to drown me beneath it, the pressure. And then these snares all along the pathway of life, sometimes it's something that looks good or tastes good or I think might feel good, and sometimes it comes out of nowhere. But on every hand, there is trial and trouble and danger lurking about me. And he said, I feel like a little sparrow that I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And what this does for us is it paints a picture of the utter helplessness of man if he's left on his own. And that is why the psalmist presents to us in closing that hypothetical phrase in the first and second verse where he says, if it had not been the Lord. He said, do you understand how, how bad it would be tonight for you and I if God had not intervened in our situation? Do you understand how wrecked and ruined you would be tonight had God not stepped into your life? The imminent and intense danger on every side. It's like a minefield this world is. But what if God had not been on our side? It reminds us we are helpless like that little sparrow. We are so weak and so frail. Our mind is so limited. We're so apt to fall, pray, and get in bondage and in chains to whatever might snare us. It keeps us humble, knowing that we cannot do it, but it makes this hallelujah, if you will, rise up in the heart of the pilgrim as he realizes he slew the beast, and he dried up the flood, and he broke the snare, and he set me free. 
And tonight, here's the message. You can look back in your life and say, there's been times when I felt that way, like I was overwhelmed and the flood was rolling. It felt like the devil was on my tail. It felt like I was in bondage and in chains to whatever it was. But the Lord was on my side and he showed up and thank God he chased the devil away and he dried up the flood and he broke the chains and I can sing the song and say it's a good story because the Lord has been on my side. You better believe a bird set free is going to sing. And that is what these pilgrims are doing. They realize they had been set free. The Lord had protected. And so they're singing their song back to him. Tonight we all have a story to tell. We call it our testimony. But how different would that story be had the Lord not been on our side? What if? What if it'd be different, wouldn't it? What that does is it causes us to reflect and realize and then rejoice in the fact that we know God and God knows us. And thank God He's on our side. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.